the elders of the Senate, who led the revolution against the Tarquins, formed the new government. The wealthy and powerful elders set themselves up as a caste apart from the rest of Roman society. They and their descendants were to rule as patricians. While the new system resembled the pre-Etruscan governments of Latium, with its powerful consuls and senate, Rome and Romans had changed. The Etruscans had brought in immigrant laborers, introduced serfdom, and granted fiefs and privileges. The society had become aristocratic. With the economic crises, increasing numbers of Roman plebeians found themselves in debt. Imprisonment and even enslavement befell the poorer plebeian debtors. To counter these hardships, the position of tribune was created. A general strike may have forced the patricians to acquiesce, but in any case the early 5th century saw the creation of this office. The tribunes had the power to prevent arbitrary arrest and to speak for the plebeians in court. Ten tribunes were elected by popular assembly, and their power was sacrosanct. The role of the tribunes would alter dramatically throughout the centuries. In 471, the Lex Publilia recognized plebeian assemblies as lawful bodies. In them, the tribunes could propose and carry resolutions called plebiscites. Later, a law legalizing intermarriage between the patrician and plebeian classes finally broke down the social barrier between them. Eventually, the plebeians came to rule. While Rome was evolving democracy, she was expanding her influence in the region and beyond. A series of treaties created defensive rings of Latium towns to bear the attacks of enemies. Rome grew strong, while her allies grew weak and dependent. In 390, however, Rome was sacked by Gauls, and her Latium allies rose against her. But Rome came back vigorously, took southern Etruria, colonized other parts of Italy, and subdued Latium, incorporating the rebellious towns not as the equals they were before, but as subjects. And so Rome grew, rebounding more powerfully after each blow, gaining territory after every invasion. Attacked by the Samnites in 343 BC, Rome took from them Campania in the First Samnite War. This war gained Rome recognition throughout the Mediterranean world. As a result, an old Etruscan enemy requested to be allied to Rome, while a future enemy, Carthage, sent Rome congratulations for her victory. King Pyrrhus of Epirus, in northwest Greece next to Macedonia, heir to part of Alexander the Great's empire in the east, and desirous of founding a western empire to rival it, sailed west to subdue what he believed to be his main threat in the region, Carthage. Unfortunately for Pyrrhus, he never made it past Italy, having underestimated Roman ability and resolve. With the king's retreat, Rome was left master of Italy. Throughout the area, local governments were modeled after Rome's and subordinate to it. Roman political policy had to adjust to meet increased administrative needs. Complete centralization had become an impossibility. Communities outside of the Roman Pale were allowed a measure of self-government, 
Some laws were left to local magistrates, and others fell under the jurisdiction of the central authorities. Prefects were sent out annually to ensure the fair and uniform administration of Roman law. The military, too, underwent changes. The citizen army was no longer fully adequate. Longer campaigns at greater distances necessitated longer periods of military service. Military innovations demanded greater skill and experience from the soldier. Pay was introduced, whereas previously it was a Roman citizen's highest duty and greatest privilege to serve in the Roman army. The citizen soldier had become semi-professional. Even the consuls began staying on longer than a year. It became inconvenient, indeed foolish, to bring a consul back to Rome in the middle of a campaign. The extension of proconsular authority, originally temporary and subordinate.